0: Welcome back to the coaches' meetings with your uh, original hosts, Robbie and Jim Schaefer. We are your go-to father-son podcast where we solve all problems of the world, make you laugh, and we hope you have a drink along the way with us. So without further ado, here we go. those of you listeners at home, you're listening to this on Spotify on the Coaches Meeting or Coaches Meeting, uh, which has a little picture that is sideways of my dad uh, at Rhinegeist Cincinnati Brewery. So look us up, tell your friends. Coaches Meeting on Spotify, it's free. You don't There's need to be. Nothing a like subscriber. the truth
1: at the Rhinegeist Brewery. That's true.
0: So we're gonna go through today uh, a little bit of uh, the Last Dance episode review recap. What we did on Mother's Day. Uh, mourn the loss of a great celebrity and uh, Jerry Seinfeld. Cover the a two minutes. Richard, yeah, yeah, I forgot that happened too. So we'll have that. And Roy of um, Six Feet and Roy. Wow, talk about all three. Oh, we're decimated. So let's start there on the morbid note because then it can only go up from there. So, Dad, let's tell me what does it mean to you with little Richard and Roy dying? Uh,
1: Roy, not much, never saw any of that stuff. And I didn't, I, I'm not, I wasn't a fan, never went to Vegas, all that great stuff. Little Richard was wild. He was a little strange, uh, but a very talented artist that a lot of people relied up. Mira and, and, uh, Stiller was a great comedy team. They used to be on Ed Sullivan in the sixties. And it's amazing what they've done over the years. And, um, uh, Ben, ben Stiller comes from a very very funny family.
0: That was yeah, me. we're gonna insert a couple of clips um, of some favorites from Jerry Stiller from from Seinfeld. We have the uh, famous episode where, as a man, as an older man, you could probably relate to now, where for support, where they develop the the bra for men for just support added support in the man's ear. I feel ten years younger. Yeah, and your posture's a lot better. Look at you. And I can breathe easier, too. I told you. Now, Frank,
1: listen. Here's what I'm thinking. It'll be me, you, and the bro, bro. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Except we gotta do something about the name. Why? What's wrong with bro? No, bro's no good. Too ethnic. All right, you got something better? <laughs> How about uh, the... The <laughs> man's
0: That's right. A Brazier for a man. I thought you were gonna talk about Festivus. I'm taught Festivus, that is the next one, the Festivus for the rest of us, where <laughs> his character, Frank Costanza, or Frank Costanza, gets into a fight over a toy that he wants George <laughs> George to have. And as he says, and I rain blows down upon him. I'm like, well, did you save the toy? Oh, of course not. Many Christmases
1: ago, I went to buy a doll for my son. <laughs> I reached for the last one they had. But so did another man. As I rained blows upon him, I realized there had to be another way. What happened to the doll? It was destroyed. But out of that, a new holiday was born. A festivus for the rest of us. That must have been some kind of doll.
0: (laughs) And then um, the character was the inventor of the stop short move, when you have a, a female in the car and you slam on the brakes before a stoplight and you put your hand over to hold her back, but at the same time, he cops a feel.
1: Hi, Mr. Costanza, what's... Uh... Where's your friend, Kramer? I don't know why. Because I'm looking for him, that's why. He stopped short. Well, what do you mean? In a car with my wife, he stopped short. You think I don't know what that's about? That's my old move, I used it on a Estelle 40 years ago. I told everybody about it, everybody knows. Mm, I stopped short. Really, stopping short? That's a
0: good move. <laughs> so we will hope you you know you enjoy those clips there, um, Dad. Well, before any further, what uh, well, we, we beverage we should explain Kevin's absence. Oh yeah, Kevin. Uh, he's not Never here am. now. I know. Why not? Our, we hope to have him back someday, but he couldn't make it. He said the show must go on without him. So nonetheless. We have a drink to start the show. Well, he is, needs
1: to come back. He needs a permission slip explaining his absence. It's signed by his doctor.
0: We made the very formal offer of five minutes before last show just being like, Kevin, do you want to be a co-host? And he says, oh, yeah, yeah. What does he do? Miss the next week. We'll see, we'll see what we can do to get better. But mm-hmm. uh, going any, before we go any further, the staples of the show, we're having a drink. Dad, what are you drinking? Tito's on the rocks. Tito's not kettle one this week.
1: No, I've killed everything else in the house, so I'm off with Kito's or Ron Rico rum. What do you think? Oh, God.
0: I'm having a Tito's drink. I think you should try yourself a little Moscow Mule.
1: Too much sugar in there, and I'm a type 2 diabetic occasionally. Although, my blood sugar counts came way down, but we don't have to tell
0: everybody that. For for the, the listeners at home, for those who don't know you... For those listeners who don't, we sometimes joke on your health situation. Give us a Reader's Digest version of what's going on with you.
1: Well, that would take the whole show. Um,
0: <laughs> um, the, you know, I never saw a doctor
1: for about 20 years in there, but I, I got non-Hodgkin's lymphoma on stage 4, but non-Hodgkin's lymphoma stage 4 is not like stage 4 pancreatic cancer. It just means it's in my bone marrow and it's, it, 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 it's hidden in there. Right now I'm on remission. I'm doing fine. Two years ago, I had a stem cell transplant. The year Robbie got married, uh, picked up a salmonella infection. I got all sorts of things wrong with me. Lately, I'm just trying to – my hip's a lot better, but I got arthritic hip, arthritic knees, neuropathy. These are side effects. Two rounds of chemo, a stem cell transplant. I don't know what all. You know, I'm a mess, man. So I'm lucky to be here. And, damn it, I'm good looking. So (laughs) – That's the Reader's Digest version, I think. Right now, I'm getting infusions uh, once a week. I just did some between uh, 4.30 and 6.30 tonight. And I'm getting immunoglobulin infusions to help me fight off infection. But I'm one of America's most vulnerable, also known as an MVP. I'm the kind of guy that shouldn't go out. I really think the economy needs to open up. People need jobs. People need to make money. We're not going to put everybody in poverty. But people like me and old people, which I'm probably that too, Need to protect ourselves, and uh, so we're doing smart, rational things. And I can still work from home, and uh, I've been cooped up here for almost two months. And so this is the highlight of my week with Robbie Schaefer doing
0: podcasts. Back uh, you to know, you, Rob. You, you really break it up. Uh, d- it does it well. This is the the sunshine to everyone's start of their week. Nobody has work. Nobody has work commutes anymore. Although people may start to have them now. As they open up. So, podcast, great on the way uh, to work. Just plug it into your car, listen to it on Spotify. Again, the coaches' meeting. That's where you can find us. Tell your friends. All right. Last dance episode last night. They finally got to the episode where they really tell you Michael Jordan can be a real dick.
1: No, really?
0: But oh, it, it was conditional. I'm a Pistons fan, so there you go. But I don't know. I've been mean, watching it last night. I. The way they portrayed it, and you asked any of these guys, any of these people that play with them, do you think they'd trade it for anything? They might be like, I can't see it as God's, But they got championships, and at the prime of what they could accomplish in their professional careers, he helped them get there. I don't think anybody trades it for one second that played with them.
1: What do you think of Jerry Krause?
0: He's Napoleon, short man syndrome. He wanted more credit – well, sorry. He didn't get enough – the credit that he deserved, but he wanted more credit than he deserved, if that makes sense. He was needy. He, he like he got – not a day went by where – I'm surprised in this episode, Jordan really didn't throw any darts at him because it seemed like in every episode he's just got straight zingers for Jerry Krause and hates his guts. But <coughs> Krause did a lot of good things as GM – and he should have gotten more credit, but he want he wanted the world, you know. He wanted he couldn't stand Jordan getting all the extra credit,
1: which why why was Phil leaving? Why was that over? Why was he fired? Phil's choice. What was why did Phil go? He and
0: was if trying Phil to... hadn't gone. Would Michael have gone? Exactly. Well, Jordan said, yeah, he's not coming back if Phil's gone. And Krause just said, well, we already got a coach in line. Like, which who that, oh, uh, they had a guy who was a college coach, I think from like Arizona state or something like that. I'm probably not right on that, but like, how do you, how can you be so brilliant in some aspects to get ahead and find some players like coordinating the talents that they had there mm-hmm. And then you just can't get out of your way. And is that because he just he always wanted that extra attaboy, like? So I I don't know. He looked like a goofus. Krause did. Oh, he was a. He looked like one of the Tweedledee and Tweedledum characters from uh, Alice in Wonderland. Just built like an egg. Yeah. But He,
1: he was a he was a different version of Groucho Marx. But th- there's, no, some people that just,
0: there, there's some people that just always want that extra appreciation that they're never going to get. But he was in a position to make decisions. And I think it it he he was like, I'd rather try this and fail than just hold on and not have control over what could have happened. So that and was kind of crazy. I've got a question for
1: you. Do you think if there wasn't a strike in Major League Baseball, or it actually was a lockout, I think, in 1994, that Michael Jordan would have kept playing baseball. That's what they were
0: pointing to. Reinsdorf was saying he only went that. to he only went to work work out um with the Bulls when the lockout happened and he had time. Which old wise Bud Selig, like I, I mean I don't know, it's it's too far, too hard to say. But when you hear from Frank Kona's mouth that he's like for someone to come in after not playing for. 12, 13 years. And yeah, from and hitting, time he's
1: 18 to 30. Yeah.
0: Hitting 200 and hitting 50 RBIs. Like, I think there's more credit. My impression, and that's an early memory of mine being about five or six at the time, but was that he was bad. I mean, my impression was Space Jam movie I watched a hundred times. And in that movie, they make it sound like he really sucked. But I don't know. I
1: think he was really fat. He stole a bunch of bases for Memphis. I remember that. And... Uh... Man, oh, he had a lot. He had some game-winning hits there, and I mean, what was he,
0: six-six? Um, covered a lot of territory. Yeah, but it's interesting where they talk about this trainer of like building a baseball body and a basketball body because. Oh, I know. Yeah, I mean, it, in a sense, it, it, it makes a little bit of sense if you're playing at that ultimate high level, but and that's where fast forward to the playoffs when he comes back in basketball. And he was gassed with all that stuff. And he's like, yeah, I didn't have my basketball body. And interesting that he talks about, like, his his physical body is separate than, like, himself, MJ. That he – the way he talked about his body as a, like, physical third-party thing and being, like, not one altogether. So I thought it was interesting. If Horace Grant doesn't say 45 is not 23, does Jordan – not come out wearing 23 in that series. <laughs> I don't know.
1: I don't know. I, I thought it was funny. But you I know will... what?
0: Here's here's a little
1: known fact. Now, when, we, when I was coaching, we coach, and we we don't watch other teams we played. It was grade great school, and even high school and CYO, and we'd have to go in and I'd say, whoever has number 23 is probably their best player, because their best player got their choice of uniforms, and it was it was Michael Jordan until later. It was LeBron James, and um, uh, I just say, look, twenty three is probably the best player. Let's put their best defender on him, and that's it. That was the extent of our scouting reports. That's how much every kid wanted to be like Mike. So on the basketball floor, anyway.
0: Seeing uh, the show, and ESPN's done a great job of branding it. Of course, capitalizing on it. Oh, i moved never it
1: up on the schedule. They moved it up a month oh, or two. Yeah. I've never had, home.
0: After college, I bought a pair of like I couldn't even tell you Jordans. They're the only Jordans I've ever had. They were a couple models older, but literally just wide needed them because I blow through other basketball shoes. I'm kind of thinking I want to get some Jordans now for like casual wear, but I realize you're about to have a kid. That's the dumbest thing. You're not going to start collecting Jordan shoes, but, God, they they look cool. I suggest New Balance. They're made in America. The New Balance, what, 900s of – everybody knows at home what we're talking about, the whites. Oh, in my age group, we're – I mean, this is
1: speed walking, you know, at one mile an hour. It's just fabulous.
0: Yeah, and you have all the shoes just lined up next to the door where you can see the varying degrees over the years. Actually,
1: I have three pairs. Two of them were used for grass cutting, which I got rid of my mower, so that went away. So, now they're just there for digging up weeds. So, But these are the most comfortable shoes I've ever had, I actually tell you. I have, now, basketball, I go way back. When I was in high school, Chuck Taylors were, everybody had Chuck Taylor All-Stars, Converse All-Stars. And I, eventually my last set of basketball shoes was a set of Converse that I've worn probably 10 years, but. I was playing an over 40 league league, over 40 pickup games once a week into my 50s until things fall apart.
0: One thing I thought on there, I really liked when he said to the part of like, oh, people complaining about what I'm having them do and yelling them at him, them. And he's like, and he says from a leader's standpoint, he goes, I wouldn't have you do something if I haven't done it myself. And mm-hmm. that, if you're going to be the trash talker riding people's ass you gotta have that so that's interesting um there was a part in the season where scotty was out or sorry michael was out in the game where tony kukoc hit the shot and scotty was like i ain't going in
1: oh yeah he got passed up
0: so i was like i didn't realize i didn't realize that it happened or what did the exact details are around it but I told you my story. I had this year coaching eighth graders at the end of the game. We had a game where we were down one. We've been. A, I coached eighth graders, for those of you know, some really talented kids. have one kid who's 6'2". He's going to play somewhere, but God, is the biggest, the least coachable kid I've ever had. Careful, most, these are kids. Most talented, but, well, yeah, all right, so a lot of potential, but needs some adjustment on coaching. So we're in the huddle, and I'm drawing up this play at the end of the game. And it's supposed to go to him. It's supposed to go to him on this play where it's a high screen. He he's not the first option because it's a backdoor lob after everybody goes for the first part. And he goes, Coach, that's the dumbest play. It's not gonna work. I'm not doing it. And I was like, uh, all right, you're down. And then the kid I called kid up off the bench and I was like, all right, well, we're gonna adjust for this. Other team calls a timeout, they adjust, which gave us more time to really set our play. And the kid I call who comes in, <laughs> well, before that play happens, while well, they're handed in, the kid on the bench goes. If we lose this game, it's your fault. And I was like, we were up 10 when we were you were doing what I was doing or what I was telling you to do. Anyways, comes in, kid sinks a shot at the buzzer. The kid got his name called to take the shot. And I was like, you happy now? And I was like, okay. This this happens more often than you think, maybe. Well, I think, especially at
1: 14-year-old kids, is you're best off ignoring irrelevant behavior. I guess well, that for from my life coach, my wife. They're well, they're they're fourteen. Now, <clears throat> another case where I heard I was on the west coast for a vacation, a golf trip, and and turned the reins over to an assistant who I used to coach. The kid was a coach. He's the same age as my oldest, and um, he was in his early thirties. And this kid just whooped off and said, "Hey, if we had a real coach, we'd be winning this game." And they lost by like forty. I was livid, and I was ready to lay in the kid. The kid didn't show up at the next game, and uh, you know you don't treat people like that. You treat everybody with respect, but kids, you got to give them some leeway. And if I mean, you send a message, well, I, but you don't have you don't have to get in a pissing contest with them. They're not you. They're not little adults.
0: Right. They're well, kids. they're not fully do, developed. In the moment, all I did was calmly say, "All right, well, you're down." Like when. Oh yeah, it goes. Coach, this is a dumbest play. where apparently where Phil Jackson had a, oh, well, F him response. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that would have flown with the, the nun who runs the school. So hmm. last thing on it, um, it's kind of inter- interesting at the end of the first episode when they're doing the closing shot and they're getting quiet in on MJ starting to tear up when he's like, that's just how I played. I was hard on everybody, and if you couldn't handle it, like – then you, you couldn't cut it or whatever it was. And he, like, got and he sat and he teared up and then they go break. And I was like, do you think he was tearing up over the fact of either how much he just – it came out of him of the visceral reaction of how much he loves basketball? And it's just like he'll never have that – I mean, that's for, – for the grace of all time, that's his ultimate pinnacle. Or mm-hmm. – I was kind of thinking today of, do you think at all he's remiss that, like, God, like, he basically burned so many people that realized the weight of people despising his personality over how he was? I don't know. What do you think? Well, I can't
1: imagine anybody would get in a fight with Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr is one of the most knowledgeable. He's competitive, I and mean, he said that in the show that he's extremely competitive, and he wasn't going to back down. And I, I, I kind of think that was probably a show for the rest of the team. But there's no reason Michael Jordan should get in a in a, in a, in a with Steve Kerr. It just doesn't make any sense from Steve's perspective or from Michael's. Michael's picking on one of these guys, most brilliant guys in the game ever, and Kerr. I know he's not backing down, but he's not going to try to hurt Michael Jordan. That's a meal ticket, baby.
0: Well, and the other thing, so they had already played for like a season and a half together at that point. Whenever The, the way the dates lined up. Mm-hmm. But he, if Jordan goes, yeah, so after practice I had to go to Phil and ask for Steve's number. Like, I mean, is it crazy to me to just think that you don't have your, your teammates number? Like you're, I mean I'm I'm trying to think of maybe there were cell phones, but like No, they're all their own little orbs.
1: Their own little orbs operating out there. It's not like a high school team. You guys go out and go have the McDonald's afterwards or anything. These guys have their own lives. As soon as practice is over, they go. As soon as games are over, they go. Uh I don't think the Pistons were that way. Pistons were a bunch of them. Ricky Mahorn would get a bunch of them, they go over to Windsor and watch the ballet. But that's another story for another day. I
0: brought to you by cheetahs <laughs> um all right so let's transition from there to how was your mother's day told not told not the I'm
1: uh-uh. you know go. we made a surprise drop in on my mom I said you know, Kaylin, uh, our daughter's home, Robbie's sister. And um, I said, as long as I wear a mask and gloves, which I had mask and gloves on. And, but anyway, uh, we went home back, and the girls were there, uh, Aaron and Jillian, and they had a glass of wine. And my mother did not have any hearing aids in. Now, listen to this one. I've known this for a long time, and I suspected it for a long time, but now I know. So everybody's got masks on. Shh. Not only can't she hear, but now she can't read lips with everybody with their masks on. So she just kept nodding. We'd talk at mom. We'd look at her and she'd go, Yeah, I'd say, you want to give us each $100,000? Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. But I finally said, mom, you got to go get your hearing aids. And no one can. So she did. She got one of them in. She thinks the other one's not working right. I said, well, you know. I told her she should take her hearing aids to go to Costco, right? Or have somebody take you? You got to be careful it. at Costco now. Well, I said they'll clean them up. So she goes in there. I don't know. She says she had a mask on. I don't know if I trust her. And uh, as I said last week, wear masks. Yeah. So she went into Costco and she says, "Well, I started shopping because I had, I got in there early and they, and I, I go, oh God, you're going up and down the aisles of Costco. Do you have a mask on? Yeah, oh yeah. And I mean, did you wipe everything down? Well, not exactly. He, no." I don't know how I did So anyway, yeah. then it started a, a, a slight uh, rain storm. Eh, not storm. It was just kind of sprinkles. It was it was raining somewhat hard at A, squ- a squall. A squall came in. And so we moved to the garage, and we were all socially distanced in the garage and stuff. So it made her day. Uh, for your mother, we had honey-baked ham, cheesy potatoes, some salad, we can keep it a little high level if you
0: want. You don't have to get this granular. Feel free.
1: Okay. I, I brought you in this world and I can take you out, according to Bill Cosby. Of course, we know where he is. He's in jail. <laughs> That's not a good. You know, I still love you. Bought want me, to be... but mine bought me a parent book by Bill Cosby. Imagine that. Wow. Oh. Okay, then. Sorry. I left the reservation. <laughs> Back.
0: Well, so on our end, we. We had a nice Mother's Day chatting with you guys in the morning. And uh, what goose get Kelsey? Well, we did a uh, we did we did a little run of some. I picked up uh, five different pints of ice cream, half dozen donuts from this place, flowers. The oh, geez. trying to think what else did the, did a the little kind bit. Kind of clarker, right? Well, so here's the thing. So I noticed yesterday, and I was like under the. I was thinking about it. Posting happy first Mother's Day when your pre baby's got eight weeks to go, but to me, you don't post a happy first Mother's Day because because a lot of you are posting stuff. Well, it's all about the post now, which I'll get to. But next year is gonna be the happy first happy first Mother's Day. But now, because we are always we're we're big on cards, the handwritten cards. But I'm very good at, it and you're very good at. It. You're very good writers. I'm wondering, is the social media post almost becoming more of a thing than the handwritten note? Because it's like, I there's nothing that you can like, you know. It's sweet that people do it, but the f- part that makes me crack up is when people make the social media post to like Instagram and say, "Oh, happy, happy Mother's Day, mom." Hey, Father's a Dad. Just, and those and people disappear. don't have, and those people don't have Instagrams. It's like you're just making yeah. a post about someone who's not there. But from your from your perspective, thoughts on the social media day posts or social media posts for Happy Mother's Day? You know, is what? it is it overtaking? You're not,
1: it's not an either, either or thing. You can use all sorts of media, including a handwritten note. Nothing's better, than handwritten note um
0: and that's that's what i i'm saying that but i think you see more people doing the we are old school man well there's something i put in pen to paper i don't know the other thing is we splurged on uh uh mother's day gift was a robot vacuum well i won't won't name brands people can uh message us leave it in the comments if they want to know but we got a little robot vacuum for the house and we've used it for two or three days now and it's wild how much hair and dust comes up from this. Oh, especially dogs. Dog. We yeah. see The dog in the house. But yeah, good after news your is, dogs here, it, we pick up a ton. It runs for like an hour and a half, and it's great. So far, three days in, strong recommend on purchase. Now,
1: so, your brother only used that. We go. Have you? I don't have to vacuum. I got Roomba. Well, you know, he had Roomba. I don't know what you got, but I'm like. Ruma does not climb the stairs, by the way, in a multi-level house.
0: No, Pat, I have no comment. Um, all right, Parenting Corner. We're going on this week to talk about naming... Oh, nah, nah, name? Oh, nah, nah. Now... We aren't finding out the gender till we're, uh, till the baby comes. We have kind of a short list. But one name got thrown out there this last week that has us kind of thinking. And it was one presented by uh, Elon Musk for his uh, – not his oh. first child either. Um, he's got other kids with normal names, but the name was X-AE-symbol-A12. And for those who haven't already read up on it, X pronounced just like you'd think it was. A-E is somehow pronounced Ash. And then the A-12 is a tribute to the Archangel 12, which was a predecessor plane to a different plane, which Elon Musk thinks is the best plane and aircraft of all time. So X, Ash, Archangel 12. That's a name. Whoever's going to teach it. It was kid. in the
1: weekend edition of the Wall Street Journal. Among other things, in the article on Elon Musk, who has no cash and a lot of assets. Oh, lines of credit are easy for him. He's, oh, no. He's been tapping them out, though. That's the problem. He all his stock options to be exercised, and are all backed by his assets because he didn't have the cash to exercise. It's an interesting ar- article. And If if, if the uh, Tesla stock crashes, oh, my gosh. Tesla? That's a new one.
0: Tesla. There you go. Back on. What did I say? Not anything close to that. I said Tesla. I, well, don't cover your mouth then. I couldn't hear it.
1: What the Tesla. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. I mean, if they put it in a warning, I think, in a 10K filing. So it's interesting. Mm. Well, he rules really a warned. different place. I... Now, wait, I'm going to stop eating tracks. Go. If you go back to my high school, I was in high school, grade school, maybe. Johnny Cash came out. A song called a boy, boy named, named Sue. Sue. Yeah.
0: Don't name your kid Sue if he's a boy. Okay. Well, nice then advice. Sue, the story of that song, Sue meets his dad later and blames him. He's like, yeah, but because he named him Sue, he became a tough son of a bitch, right? Yep. Not, We're not going that route. <laughs> I plan to be in the picture, unlike a boy named Sue's dad. But uh, we I was should just, bring that up next
1: week for our lead in song, I think.
0: It could that if you listen all the way through, it can be an outro. So I'll put that. It can be the outro when we finish phase out talking. We'll play a boy named Sue. Um, Other thing, listen. So Elon Musk, I kind of I love what he's doing with Tesla cars. I have you driven one? I've ridden in them and like Ubers and stuff like that, and they're Hmm. very good. But an Uber driver's got a Tesla. Yeah, there's people that get the one that goes to zero to sixty in
1: about four seconds. If you go
0: so from a performance perspective, they're good. From to me, we can get into the philosophical uh, discussion on renewable energies and the internal rate of return required for or the uh, (laughs) required rate of return on investment on them and how they're not profitable. But if they were. If all things were considered equal and all profit was the same and I could afford a Tesla, I'd, like, I'd probably go with that. Assuming you can lay out the network and infrastructure and what your daily commute looks like, those things are great. And a renewable my daily, energy. My daily
1: commute is just walking upstairs and getting on the computer.
0: Yeah, I, there is no commute. We're literally talking about it. Kelsey got a car. We, you know, The people were tipped off when we got the Honda Pilot back in November. That uh, our family might be growing, but uh, got a nice used Honda Pilot. And we were like, we, we're now talking about it because we contemplated doing one car for a few months, but with me coaching and other stuff. But now we're like, we've filled up half a tank of gas on her car. That's it in the last two and a half months. Yep. I haven't filled up, I am on three
1: quarters in my car, and the last time I got gas was like March 10th. Yeah,
0: it's, I, we literally have Kroger fuel points just that we can't burn. Right. Because we're spending so much at Kroger right now, which is great, from like fuel rewards. We had a dollar off a gallon. Where That's why she was like, oh, these are gonna expire. And so we, I was like, I gotta use them even though you only have a half a tank. And um, yeah, we got gas for 59 cents um a gallon the other week. Whoa. So but, but we couldn't we could only use it on eight gallons. Anyways, hmm. uh last night <laughs> you probably haven't picked this up of uh, Elon Musk. He was on a Joe Rogan podcast, which Dad you should it's really interesting on his interviews. He's got I don't know, he's I probably the most some. he's probably I the most followed seen. podcast. Anyways he was talking to Joe Rogan last week on his interview of the symbiosis, as he calls it, and I not want to get too deep between like technology and humans, where they're doing testing in animals where they're making an incision in people's brain and putting effectively some. You mean the animal's brain? Yeah, yeah. The I don't know brain. how you do
1: experiments on animals by opening up people's brains, but anyway.
0: But they like connect with these electrodes and whatnot, and they somehow can map and control some stuff where. You could sit. At, he said you could sit at your computer and you wouldn't have to type with a keyboard because it would be you'd be able to think what you would want on the screen to create. Mm-hmm. And he even said like the future potential of a world where there'd be no, so you wouldn't need spoken language because if these people had them, they could communicate to each other just through this telekinetic. Like it'd be like two computer systems talking to each other. And the theory
1: That's is.
0: Yeah, that phones are already an extension of this and it's just programming it into yourself as the next step. I don't know. It freaked me out. And well, one, I was woken up by the little robot uh vacuum device that we programmed to go in the middle of the night and it started chewing up some cords. Oh, so don't
1: do that in the middle of the night. That thing will drive you.
0: It, it it bounces off
1: furniture well, yeah, off so, of noise. So and, that
0: I yeah, I under mom's let me know where you stay on that. But so that woke me up. And I couldn't sleep because I was, well, one continued listening where I had fallen asleep to. but So that's pretty crazy. The other thing you wanted to talk about, uh, was it Elon Musk in California today? In Tesla? Oh, I don't know. No, I think they ought to start up the other startup did. I mean, that's his only
1: plan. I mean, that, that, that company needs to open up. And the workers need to have jobs. And people need to have money. Now, if you're weak, if you're like me, where well you're you're a vulnerable person, then you need you need to protect yourself and stay home. I understand that, but not everybody needs to stay home. And there's going to, be, you know, I, I don't know. I You get the best information you can and you try to figure it out in terms of the politicians, in terms of the governors. I think a decentralized approach works the best other than maybe a centralized approach for certain, uh, especially international purchases of masks and ventilators. But, and, and we can move them around the country, but this pandemic's gonna be around for three years, I bet, um, and that virus will be out for a long time. And if it mutates into anything else, we're in trouble. But back to Tesla, he's got one plant.
0: He needs to open up. And would you it, see that he he said today, if you want to come, he's like, we're gonna open up. If you're gonna arrest anybody, arrest me. And then Alameda well, County I didn't back. See that. Alameda County back down and uh, let let them continue to work. So,
1: well, if anybody challenges you know, I'm a lawyer and a CPA, but if anybody challenges these stuffs on constitutional grounds, you can't force people not to practice their religion, not to assemble and petition their government. These are these are constitutional rights people have. But so far most people have said, okay, let's see what works. Let's, we'll volunteer. But they're coming out. And it's, you know it doesn't surprise me in Michigan. The Michigan had the, the Michigan militia 20 years ago protesting things, that right-wing groups. You know, Michigan's an interesting state. you got Detroit, very liberal, very urban. You've got Lansing, a very college-educated area around the government. you got Grand Rapids, probably one of the most conservative cities in the United States. And, uh, and then you get the rest of the state, very rural. And a lot of it's also dependent on tourism. If they don't get people coming to Michigan this summer and enjoying the Great Lakes, they're going to go bankrupt. They'll be done. They'll be, they'll be belly up and they'll move to other parts of the country. They'll protest. It's not going to be pretty. So let's get the economy moving, protect our most vulnerable, protect our elderly. And, uh, you know we got to sanitize down these nursing homes. People that are, that, that's ridiculous to me that you have these uh, hot spots in these nursing homes and they don't, they've got to scrub those things down. And then, and then the other thing is the facts. We account for different things in different places. It's kind of interesting. There's a couple anomalies I want to talk about. One, California has less than one tenth of the deaths that New York, the state of New York does, and it it's a much bigger state. And two, Lucas County has more deaths from Corona than any other county in Ohio. Yet it's only the sixth largest county in the state. And and it wasn't in the early part. I mean, Cuyahoga County had the early cases in Ohio. I've watched the governor's speeches. It used to be daily, but it's not like every other day. Why is that? Some of it's counting. Some of it's just keeping track of the facts. <clears throat> Ten-day lags in death rates and... You know, some people waiting on death certificates and some places saying, hey, if it's possibly Corona uh, related, we're going to call it Corona. Um, If it's not, you know, we were I I saw something in the journal today, the Wall Street Journal about, uh, you know, heart disease is the number one killer of people in the United States. Well, Corona, they don't they don't have a special code for it or didn't. And so interesting. It's all rather. So what are you thinking? It's underreported or are you saying no idea? I think some places overreported and some places underreported. Well, And I think... Everybody's not working with the same basic game plan, the
0: same guidelines. Right. And that's where I like... I I don't want to... I'd say, sure, that I get a certain degree of, like, anxiousness over it, of the fact of, like, people everywhere are just trying to work to get their arms Mm -hmm. around this. And Mm -hmm. the fact is you have people on both sides yelling, I'm... We're right, you're wrong. It's everybody. And they just want outrage. And from the public's perception, it's just everybody just wants to be outraged about something. And it's like what concerns me is the lack of like people coming together. And and you know, oh, people are gonna go, Oh, well, you wanna be Kumbaya and life's perfect. This and I was like, No, but you know what matters in this country is people trying to do the best that they can to make the most of this situation. And you know what? It's save human lives, it's grow the economy, recover like
1: but they every individual in has individual rights, and right. you can't take those
0: away. There what are, are your doctors in- telling you? What are your doctors telling you? We'll find out the latest update this week. Our doctor okay. says, the baby doctor saying, do you have the ability to work from home? Work from home. Now I am. I have the ability to, but we rotate two people in the office every every week, and I haven't been in the office, and this is my. I think it's tenth or eleventh week now, so I'm gonna have to go in June, the first week of June, which is at this point like it is what it is. I'm I can go mask. work I can go work out of an office. I'm wearing masks that I have. I got an N95 left over from home projects. It's that stuff's fine, but to me the I think so much of what we see in this like culture of people who want to be heard, and it's the people who have the Twitter fingers that post all the articles on Facebook and all this stuff, and they want to be heard. And these people, are, oh, this is my right to be out. And It's like I don't think this is any government usurp of power that they're. I, I we get their rights. So in which I'm fine with the wine backing down from the mandate on customers wearing masks. To say we can't make you wear this, but we'd really, really like you to do it. So it's going to bring me to my point last week of saying it's going to seem weird. It, it's it seem it doesn't seem as weird this week as it did last week. More and more people are going to be wearing masks, and it's going to be viewed at negatively when you go out and you see someone not wearing a mask. You're kind of going to go that person's that's kind of inconsiderate. I just think that's naturally going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I agree with you. Other and and it's a I'm trying not to judge people, but you're going to think about it. It's going to be the equivalent of, let's, whatever. If you see someone who you're uncomfortable with, you can leave it with whatever. If it was someone who was covered head to toe in tattoos, you'd probably, if you're walking down the street, move to the other side. Whatever makes you feel more comfortable. That's how it's going to be with people who are not wearing masks. You're just going to be like, I'm going to avoid that person. And then, but there's going to, the people that are like, proud to not wear masks to me that's that are (laughs) i understand there's people who aren't yet up to the comfortability of it like oh this is kind of weird it's scary like i get it nobody wants to wear them but for the people that are oh my body my right i like my choice (laughs) oh man that's funny so i'll bring it home well my kind of final thoughts are around that with masks in the white house i think it is so ironic and call hilarious, I don't know what, that members who have had contact with Trump and Pence have tested positive and now they're like, everybody has to wear them. Where weeks ago, they're like... And people are going to say, here's the argument. Oh, well, it doesn't mean that they're going to prevent it. It's like, no. it ta- Does it do more than not wearing a mask? Well, the government
1: screwed up originally when they told people Oh, don't wear a mask. Don't use those surgical masks cuz the healthcare workers need them. They don't help you anyway. And then they said don't mask, no mask, no mask for a couple weeks. And then they came and said, "Well, everybody should have a mask cuz it prevents you from spreading the disease." If you're an asymmetric I I go. You guys got to get your message straight. You can't tell 360 million, 330 million people to not wear masks and then tell them, and then two weeks later tell them to wear masks and get all mad about it. Because it looks like the government doesn't know what the hell they're doing, and
0: in a lot of cases they don't. So that's my latest thing. It's just <laughs> hmm. that that th- the mask wearing, and now they're oh everyone's going to wear, it. and it's like oh so gee. I just wish people would not take an approach of hey let's have no risk until something goes wrong. Rather than well, let's well, have a all
1: <laughs> all we were trying to do by the stay at home was to alleviate. Hospitals from being overwhelmed.
0: Mm-hmm. That we had
1: people in triage on a sidewalk. Well, we've gotten over that. It's been in New York City, we've greatly gotten over. We got it over in L.A. And we got it over in San Francisco. So now the question is, why? Now there are people that want to quarantine until everybody's okay. Well, we've done a couple stupid things, in my opinion. One, one was the $600 unemployment check to people on top of their state unemployment, have made it that a lot of people are paid more in unemployment than they are when they were working. And they're going, why should I go back? Are you out of your mind? I can make $50,000 a year on unemployment. And that's what it is in Ohio. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. That's just sheer sure dumb. And stupid
0: is or stupid does, Forrest. Yeah, what else you got? And then, and, 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 you know, CBS was running Forrest Gump last night. Crazy that he was at all those historical events, right?
1: Well, that's the theme of the book. Well, everything from aids to the vietnam war and you know he was, all those things permeated through the story it's kind of an interesting story it's kind of like billy joel's we didn't start the fire only right. in, a, in a literature great movie
0: all right well we'll wrap it up tonight it was uh we miss I'm, you kevin i'm we miss kevin we need more guests who wants in not One replacements, time. but additions. Just send send in. We want just download we're, Skype. We'll get you in. We're selling lottery tickets. Look us up at the coaches meeting. I I think this episode, man. I'm just there's some days I'm high, there's some days I'm low. Today I want to get through this. I want to get to the other side of this, and it's well. And you're an expecting father with Where, where are we at May June July? Oh, you're
1: two months away. Yeah, Less we're than like two months. We're eight weeks to. Showtime. So uh, I had I had uh, uh, your brother's wife's father, fiance's father. Yeah, sent me a text and say, when are you getting your grandfather a card? And I said, well, we're we're getting there. And there I I, I you know, they've made some intelligent decisions about rearranging their wedding. I, if you don't know, uh, they're getting married Labor Day weekend in uh, Nashville and. We've gone from a 300-person wedding to a 50-person wedding pretty quick. But they've already reserved a place for their first anniversary in Chicago. Blowout party, Labor Day weekend. All listeners here. welcome. We'll, 50,000 we'll people, we're good. We'll have a... Uh, oh, you blew off the phone here. What I told
0: you, you my battery's going to die, so let it go. Uh, um, let us know. We will have, you know, mark your calendars now for the coaches meeting pre-first anniversary for Pat's wedding. We're going to have a blowout. We're going to have, I think Beyonce is going to be there. Uh, uh, President Obama. Barry himself. Uh, live in Chicago. Yep. As as they said in the first, uh, the first episode of the last dance was Barack Obama, former Chicago resident. Was- <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: Well, well I well, may, may, uh, the last distiller mirror, mirror uh, lie in peace. Godspeed.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, rest in peace. Next week, last episode of Last Dance. We'll cover a lot of other crazy things from the week. All right. We'll see you guys. And the thing of it is, we had a good time. Love you,
1: Ravi. Take care. Well, my daddy left home when I was three and he didn't leave much. The ma and me, just this old guitar and an empty bottle of booze. Now, I don't blame him because he run and hid, but the meanest thing that he ever did was before he left, he went and named me Sue. Well, he must have thought that it was quite a joke and it got a lot of laughs from a lots of folks. It seems I had to fight my whole life through. Some gal would giggle and I'd get rid and some guy'd laugh and I'd bust his head. I'll tell you, life ain't easy for a boy named Sue.